Dr. Jordan Wiggins is a naturopathic doctor, entrepreneur, and women's sexual health disruptor. She is revolutionizing the way we deliver, educate, and talk about sexual health and pleasure. As the author of The Pink Canary, Dr. Wiggins has unlocked the hidden secret to optimal wellness and real-life ways you can start welcoming pleasure back into your life and your relationships. You guys... I have been blown away by the information that Jordan is sharing. I started following her after she appeared, I think, in a post by Brianne Callanan, who has also been on the podcast. And she's very much um, leading the way with something that I am trying to focus on. So without making this too much about me, I am trying to move more into my feminine energy, focus more on flow, focus more on trust, focusing on letting go and trusting in the universe. Well, that's exactly what Dr. Jordan talks about. And it starts by way of pleasure. The only problem is the majority of women, and we're talking like 80% of women are disconnected from pleasure. They don't know how to experience it. They don't know what they like. They don't know how to ask for it. They don't know that they're worthy of it. And that's really what we talk about in this episode. Um, we talk about why we don't know what we like. We talk about why we don't feel we're worthy to ask for what we like and what we want. And we also talk about, um, you know, what you can do to start incorporating pleasure into your life. And it's not just about pleasure in the bedroom. It's about doing little things that make you feel good. Having your nails done, getting your hair done, um, spending time alone, doing things that you truly enjoy, that you feel really good when doing them. So please listen to this episode. You'll get a little bit of a taste of what is in her book. I just finished her book, The Pink Canary, which The Pink Canary, The Hidden Secret to Optimal Health. And this is this is the way. Whatever your goals are, this is the way. There are so many parallels between what Dr. Jordan works on with her clients and patients and with what I work on with my clients. So give it a listen. Follow her. Join her free group. I am in there. It's the Pleasure Mindset Bootcamp. And I have all the links of how you can connect with Dr. Jordan in the show notes. Please enjoy and join the Pleasure Revolution. She is leading it and I have declared myself co-captain. Enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I have been teasing this podcast for a couple weeks because I'm so excited to have Dr. Jordan Wiggins um, on the phone with me. We're talking about pleasure today, and I found her through a friend because what she talks about is something um, that I'm trying to focus on in my life, and I think a lot of you can relate. Um, we have We know how to work hard. We know how to grind. We know how to push, but when it comes to relaxing into pleasure or relaxing into the unknown or surrendering that's like people I, I say I'm trying to surrender but I honestly don't know how to surrender which is really ironic too Jordan because I'm a yoga teacher I'm like let's let it go um so I don't think I'm a fraud I'm just saying I have work to do and I can't wait to figure it out so I can help but I think finding you was like step one so can you tell us real quick about what it is that you do in a sentence, I'm a pleasure doctor, which 
<laughs> my clients actually made up that title for me. Um, I really help women who have become disconnected from their joy, from their purpose, from what makes them feel most alive. Mm-hmm. Medically, we call that anhedonia. And that's the loss of pleasure or joy. Mm-hmm. It happened to me. It's a diagnostic criteria of major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. But I find women don't even necessarily need to be clinically depressed. And I mean, it's okay if you are, I've been there. (laughs) Um, But it's this, yeah, this disconnection, this loss of joy where you're not enjoying the things that used to make you happy. You, you know, you could be on vacation with your family, something you've looked forward to. And then when you get there, you're just sort of disconnected or it's almost like you're watching it like from a bird's eye view and thinking, I should be in my bliss right now and, and you're not. And this really spills over into several areas of our health as women, um, has impacts on our hormones and our physical health. It definitely has impacts on our relationships, um, marriages, partnerships, when we've lost that joy and that connection to our pleasure. Why, why does this disconnect happen is it just life like you're I'm reading this book and I'm like so this is every woman that I know except for two (laughs) right there are those unicorns I call them pleasure unicorns and I spent so I had this women's health clinic and I was like I'm gonna fix everyone and I'm gonna balance their hormones and they're gonna have like great sex and they're gonna be so motivated in life and it's just gonna be the amazing and continually they would come back and say everything's better except my libido except my joy something's missing and they couldn't even tell me what it was and I'm looking over their blood work and the biomedical testing we do and it's like it's it's perfect everything's improved everything should be better what is going on? Why is this happening to so many women? So I was talking to the pleasure unicorns or the select few women that always seem to radiate and attract and they're in this ease, in this flow. And here I was definitely in my masculine grinding and trying harder and, um, you know, taking more on my plate and more on my plate. And it was through you know, going through a major depressive disorder in my pre-med degree Mm -hmm. through, um, I had what's called a Bartholin cyst. It's actually fairly common in women. I think I, I believe I talked about this in my book, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And that surgery is like having a really bad episiotomy. So at a young age, um, I'd lost my libido twice oh my once from something physical that had happened. Cause I'd had pelvic floor dysfunction and pain with sex. And once from this like mental, emotional mm. standpoint. Mm-hmm. So finding my way back twice on my own, cause I had to read so many books where I'd get a piece here, a piece there, but sort of never the whole picture. Mm-hmm finding my way back twice on my own without really a guide and really just being able to use the women that I work with, the 
thousands of them as a resource mm -hmm. and why it's happening. I mean, we could do an entire podcast on this, but a couple things. Um, the expectations of women and how much we expect of ourselves at work, at home, in our relationships, friendships, all of it, because that's really creating this overwhelm, this stress response that when we have cortisol dysregulation, like that puts the brakes on pleasure like nothing else. And that's probably the biggest factor is the overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And the second thing, and these are all, they're so insidious. It's so, it sounds so simple, but they're so big to dig in and change um, is not knowing what we want, not knowing what we desire. So I would ask women in their first appointment with me, what do you want? Uh -huh. What makes you happy? And I would get met with blank stares or tears. Oh God. Yeah. Because we, we just don't know we're stuck doing so much and over giving for everyone in our lives that when we stop and take a moment, we don't even know. And it's, it's painful for so many women. And then right. I mean, go ahead, please go ahead. They have the career, they have the family, like they have what they thought they wanted. And there's still this emptiness there. It's crazy. And like this, in case anyone is missing the, the connection here, it's not just about not knowing what makes you happy in the bedroom. It's about knowing what keeps makes you happy overall. Like to me, what I'm finding out is these two things are like so connected. We can't disconnect from them. And when we, to me, what, what I'm hoping is when I do figure it out, this, this is like the the secret ingredients. I always tell my friends, like, when I figure this out, y'all better watch out. <laughs> we talk about how it's like a rocket ship for every area in your life. <laughs> your healing connected or your healing relationships that were disconnected. Some even like difficult ones with family members or whatever there ends up being more money in your bank account. Like your health is better. It's just, it's this crazy mindset shift. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it is in the bedroom and out of the bedroom because we almost have this belief that we work hard, then we play hard or, you know, we'll, do everything that we need to do. And then the things for us that make us happy, if we can even name them and know what they are, those are last on the to-do list. And then when our day snowballs, we don't even get to do them. Mm -hmm. So even little simple steps, like for me, I mean, COVID has changed a lot of this, but for me, having a really nice manicure just always made me feel great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've come to love my natural nails now with COVID, but um, that made me feel great. Sometimes it is just splurging on the latte on your way to work, or maybe going out to get it if you're working from home mm -hmm. and things are chaotic, just 
putting these little things in your day, taking time, you know, put on some music, light a candle, pour a glass of wine in your favorite wine glass, and then make your dinner. Mm -hmm. Just little things along the way that make us feel good. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them don't even have to do with sex and intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like pleasure overall. That, that was the big thing that I got from your book. I wasn't honestly sure what to expect, but when I got in there, I realized, okay, you're talking about integrating th- these things into my daily life. Then that's, that's where we can start if we don't know. And oh, for sure. And even simple things, like if you look in your underwear drawer, does it make you happy when you open that in the morning? Mm-hmm. Is it you know, nicely organized. It, do you have underwear in there with holes in it and things that make you feel like frumpy and gross? Mm-hmm. Throw them out. Like Absolutely. little teeny things. For me, my my wallet and my purse is a big one because mm-hmm. you don't realize how many times a day you're going in there. And if you're fumbling around for things and it's not organized, that takes you out of your pleasure. If you open a purse and it's easy to grab what you need, your wallet's organized, it's just this seamless thing. And it sounds so simple, but the, if we can transform our whole life like that, where things are easy and they're, they're flowing, they make you feel good um, from the minute that you wake up to the minute that you go to bed, then what's interesting is everything around you seems to transform like that your kids start picking up on it and modeling your behavior, which is probably one of the things that I did not expect at all, Mm -hmm. but it is so, so fascinating. And boys and girls alike are like my client's sons are starting to live lives with a pleasure focus as well, which is so, so humbling and so important to me too, because then we're not, um, teaching the next generations that it's okay for women to take on this massive invisible workload um and that living life with pleasure first really helps us work harder anyway so it's like we have it backwards so many things that we have backwards. So I don't even know if you know about me. Um, I'm a nutrition and fitness coach, right? And everyone's like, how do I get motivated? How you, you don't get motivated. Then you do it. You do it. Then you're motivated. The same, it's the same thing, what you're saying. It's so, so true. And I'm telling people that basically daily that it's, oh, I'll be happy or I'll have pleasure when I lose 10 pounds or when this happens or that, or when I quit my job that I have to commute. But it's exactly like you said, the motivation comes from taking the action and then we're propelled forward. It's the exact same with pleasure. Oh my gosh. I've, I've got to point something out. Um, I'm assuming you're a big energy person. I love talking about energy. You know, you can feel people's energy, but what you're describing here is flow. Flow is feminine energy. Push and drive forcing is masculine energy. And if like, if that's the next level Gosh, we just all need this. How can we, we got to get on board with this? <laughs> we do all need this. And I realized this the first time when I was struggling with depression, I, um, I tattooed it on my wrist Ooh. for the yin and yang from the trigrams. This is in my book as well. And that is when I realized like, oh my goodness, I am so masculine even though I considered myself a feminine 
person. And like you said, I practice yoga and everything, but it was all about um, doing, pushing, striving, which there is a place for, but really that is incongruent with our natural state of being feminine. And I had this light bulb moment and went, oh my goodness, I've been doing it wrong. There's another way. There's possibly a better way where you're being and you're attracting. And it's such a foreign, foreign concept. But once I started living my life like that, these doors opened and they opened with ease. And really, because people will say to me, how do you run two corporations now? How do I have a eight week old baby? And I'm on this podcast, right? (laughs) Um, The answer is two things, a great team and a lot of help, but also ease and flow. And I'm opening myself up and allowing what is aligned to come to me. Mm-hmm. And this is another big thing that I work with my clients on, which is one of the things that I figured out down the road after dealing with so many women was once we can figure out what we want, then we have to be able to ask for it. And then the third step is we need to feel worthy to receive it and receiving is being in the feminine energy and the worthiness issues that would come up is we'd figure it all out. We'd map it out. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. Um, And then the opportunity would present itself and then my clients would do this weird thing. They'd, they'd retreat, they'd get angry, they'd push it away. And yeah, then, then I created a whole module on worthiness because we needed that work too. But really what that is, is, is being in our feminine. I love this. And, you know, I got goosebumps when I was reading and what we were talking about, this pleasure revolution. Like, and I feel like you're leading it I'm like trying. your co-captain. Can I be co-captain, please? <laughs> I would love it, Kylie, if you were co-captain. <laughs> like you said, like we're working all these women. I see this so much. And what I've seen too and, and read about is, you know, when we're trying so hard and we want something so bad, but we're not really asking for it, like the universe doesn't think that we trust it. And so it won't give it to us. So we have to trust the universe and show it that we will let go and open to receive it so that it will give us what it is that we want. Of course, we have to know and ask, but this has been some things that I've been realizing and just coming across you, I feel was just such a gift. So what happens? How do your clients feel after they address these issues? And they, they move past the worthiness issue. They figure out they are worthy then that's the most amazing part because I'm getting texts and DMs and everything daily um, from my paid clients and from people that haven't even paid to work with me that have just read the book or um, participate in some of my live events online. Literally everything in their life transforms. And it sound, this sounds like I'm some 
you know, crazy hokey type person, but I screenshot the testimonials because it's like, it's almost like it's too good to be true. But once you believe that you're worthy and you know what you want, it just starts happening. And I, when we're doing intake with clients, we're getting them to write out what their ideal day is. So what's it like? What does it feel like? You know, what, from when you wake up in the morning to the end of the day, and we want it to be realistic, right? Because some of us have jobs that we hate, or some of us have kids that don't sleep through the night. Like we have parts that aren't pleasurable. Maybe we're in a relationship that we want out of, or we're just not sure what's, um, if it's serving to us anymore, but we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. There's parts that definitely are not pleasurable, but when we get women to envision that, and then 12 weeks later, we compare how close it actually is to what they envision their ideal day is and what their days are actually like. We're talking promotions, we're talking meeting soulmates were talking you know like crazy things are happening and had they not written it down in the beginning like on day one it's almost like they wouldn't believe that day or 12 weeks later what has happened so it's like I feel like it's this hidden secret that we are not told or that is you know, and we live in a society that doesn't want us to be like this. It doesn't want us to be um, powerful and attracting. Like our, we're almost shamed for our feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I always say that if we look at women who are in their pleasure, those pleasure unicorns, our initial reaction is to be mad at them to resent them, to, you know, be jealous. Like we want to kind of tamp it down and um, put it in a box when really I say to use like the jealousy, the anger, those are all emotions that are telling us, Hey, I'll have more of that. I'll have what she's having because when we all repel what pleasure and joy and living in that mindset can do for us, we're never going to reap the benefits on the other side. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I, I, I have experienced that a little bit myself. Like who does she think she is? But I'm like, but then, you know, I reframe it because I know better. I'm like, no, I'll have what she's having. Give me some of that. And I will say, um, the woman I was talking to before we hopped online, my previous business coach, She's very strong feminine energy and like watching her grow in a short time period. That's another thing that turned me on to this because I know how she operates. I know what her mentality is. I'm like, that's it. She's in her feminine energy all the time. She creates. That's all she does is create. I'm like, oh my gosh. I want to talk about us not knowing what we want, but not in terms of like my career or whatever in the bedroom. And why that's okay. When I was reading in your book about how we learn sexual education and the way society is, we don't want to hurt a man's feelings, but how he's, how's he supposed to know? How are we supposed to know? 
can we talk about how it's number it's normal that we don't know what we want and how we're supposed to figure it out for sure so we were educated or miseducated about sexuality and pleasure and one of the main things is pleasure was never taught so what we were taught was reproductive health yes and this has a focus on penetration because we know that that's how you make a baby Mm -hmm. Um, and we were also taught if we were lucky enough to be in a school system that did have scientifically accurate education um, to avoid STIs to avoid infections at all costs so we were taught fear-based and we were taught about penetration Mm -hmm. um, because that was reproductive health so a part of the issue is that Most women, 80% of women do not get the most pleasure from penetrative sex, but yet that's the sex that we've been trying to have for years. Uh And then it's no wonder why after years of the same thing that really that's like a one on a pleasure scale out of 10 for most women that they don't even, they don't know and their partners don't know what their bodies are capable of because let me tell you women will chase sex that is good for them sex is not a drive where like hunger or thirst is um the less sex we have the less sex we actually want in reality sex is a reward system so the more sex you're having the more good sex you're having the more sex you want which that one is, again, we've learned the opposite. But when we're educated to have penetrative sex, we don't know that there's 101 other things on the menu. Mm -hmm. And then we teach men, you should know how to please your woman. So we're learning from, you know, sex education, which is not pleasure education. And we are learning don't don't ask because you're supposed to know. Right. It sets men up to feel hurt Mm -hmm. if they're being told, you know, touch me this way, or, you know, we need to communicate in a way that's good for both parties and leave us, leaves us connected as opposed to in a fight. (laughs) There's something that's going to make pleasure impossible. Right. And for women, there's the underlying message of, you know, don't want sex or if you do you're dirty and there's a million words that we have to describe women that are sexual and really there is no word equivalent for a man um that's interesting I've never thought about that (laughs) mm -hmm. and I mean I don't know about your audience but we can think of the nasty words that we call women that are associated with sex and what is the male equivalent Not cool, people. (laughs) No, no. It's we've for generations punished women for being sexual. Uh Uh-huh. No wonder. (laughs) And this is why I say to people that it's it's work, right? Pleasure is a practice. It's like a muscle. It's like yoga. It's like fitness. We can't expect to go to a class once or twice and 
transform our lives or, you know, improve our physical health the way that we want it to. We need to practice it. We need to train. And if we stop training and fall back into these habits and patterns that have been laid out for us generationally, that we've been educated that way incorrectly when it comes to pleasure, um, we can't expect it to change. So is that what it is? Is it um, self-exploration and communication? Are those the remedies to this? Am I, what else can we do? Or is, is that it? So self-exploration of pleasure is huge. And that's often where I'm having um, women start. And again, we have so many blocks and barriers and things around that. And again, I'm not just talking about self-pleasure. Yeah. I'm talking about um, like the whole thing in and out of the bedroom because, you know, what are, how do you feel when you get dressed in the morning? Do you feel great in the fabrics that you put on yourself? Do you, are you just, you know, grabbing what you think you should wear to fit into some corporate structure or maybe you didn't give it any thought? Mm-hmm. So yeah, where, where is the, (laughs) the pleasure? (laughs) This is the work. It's the work. It's literally every single aspect, every second of our day, we do things that make us, that take us further away instead of closer to pleasure. Gosh, that's sad. (laughs) But that's, that's why we have to take control of it. Exactly. And, and do the work and practice pleasure every single day. But yeah, the, we need a re-education big time. So about our anatomy, about what our bodies are capable of, because we've all missed that piece. There is no curriculum for pleasure, focus, sex education. Um, Communication is big. Knowing what our desires are is big and even allowing ourselves to have them is huge because we really have no control over what we want. Um, we try and pretend, and this is where it goes wrong in a lot of relationships. Uh-huh. We try and we want the whole cake, but we think, oh no, like who am I? And this is where the worthiness stuff comes in. And you know, we don't have the money or we're too busy or this isn't practical. So instead of asking for the whole cake, we ask for a piece. Mm-hmm. And then when our partner gives us that piece or the universe gives us that piece, we're not really happy with it because mm-hmm. it was a fraction of what we really, really wanted. So figuring out what we desire, the whole thing, and really we've been taught to be scared. Uh of what we want Uh when in reality and and there's almost this fear at the beginning of women that you know want to be a part of my group or they're fearful kind of picking up the book Uh um to read it because they think that they're going to open this pandora's box and they have no idea what it's going to look like on the other side so there's this fear of, you know, this is a real departure from 
what I know and what's familiar and that's really masculine. Mm -hmm. So getting really clear on the desire. And I truly believe that our desires as humans are pure and therefore the greater good. I agree. Especially when we are in our feminine Mm -hmm. and, you know, at the beginning, if, you know, we got to take back, peel back some layers of anger or resentment. And these are all things that we have to work through because, and and that comes up for sure while we're on this journey. Cause it's like, why did no one tell me this? Why didn't I, you know, live my life this way? And why didn't I learn sex this way and learn to communicate in my relationship this way? Cause it all would have been so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> would have saved me a lot of heartache and you know, miserable years. Is the conversation changing? I mean, clearly it is with you. Are we making progress? I think we're making progress slowly, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's happening at the rate that it needs to happen, but we still see um, femtech companies. So companies that are making um, period products, sex toys for women, they struggle to get advertising, um, to, to buy ad space Mm -hmm. because so like the New York subway got in, there was a huge, um, uproar online because they didn't want to advertise period underwear. Anyways, for women's pleasure, my accounts get censored and shut down my Facebook, my Instagram. Um, So as much as we try to have this Mm -hmm. pleasure revolution and get the message out there to women, because I really think they need it for their health, their relationships, Mm -hmm. their lives. um, For as much as we try, there is still a massive censorship from governments, big corporations, that starts with the P ends with Atrium. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them quiet and miserable. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I said it. (laughs) It's I'm glad you did. Cause that is, that's the truth. That's the world we live in. So I've accepted the fact that I'm going to do this one woman at a time. And then that one woman, she's going to tell her friends, she's going to tell her sister, she's going to share it with her daughters. And then we will slowly disrupt the multi-generational, you know, patriarchal control. I mean, I, uh, I have so much work to do, but I feel so excited right now, like having this conversation with you. Um, I don't know, because I, I feel like people need to talk about it. And I started following other accounts um, similar to yours, and I didn't realize that this was a deal. But I noticed someone yesterday said that she was going to have to start changing some. It was a pelvic floor PT, Jordan. <laughs> I know. It's amazing what is being censored now uh-huh. online. And like, women need pelvic floor physiotherapists just like they need a family doctor. Mm-hmm. And again, why is this not standard? I talk about that in my book too. Yes. Like, why is this not us? We need to raise the standard of care for women. 
and their health, sexual health mm -hmm. included, but their entire, their hormonal health, mental health, all of it. Um, and when there are those of us out there trying to do it, we're constantly meeting mm -hmm. censorship. Mm -hmm. Well, you, I wrote this down too, when I was reading your book, um, the healthcare system fails women. And I see this all the time too. If I need someone to go get blood work done because they're in the normal range or they don't run the full panel because that's not covered by whatever, it's the same issue and it affects all the areas of our lives. And I think that's why I'm always encouraging my clients to visit naturopathic doctors, Western medicine. Great. We need to go see people sometimes, but I really think you guys are the future of, of healthcare. I could not agree more mm -hmm. because we do need both. We need Western medicine and then we, which is great at dealing with acute problems, mm -hmm. but a lot of what we're dealing with is chronic illness mm -hmm. and the wait and see when we can live all these years where our blood work is in normal range, but we are do not feel well and we know it we have that internal knowing that it is not we're not okay we could feel better but no one's doing the proper testing so the testing of you know cholesterol blood sugar the standard stuff that we get for women there should be so much more included in what's standard and what your annual blood work should look like which is what we've done at my clinic right <laughs> because it's you know there's just so much that we miss and so much room for optimal health, yes. optimal hormones. Optimal. Like, again, but I, I think maybe it comes back to that worthiness. People think it's okay. I sh I'm supposed to feel this way because I'm now 40. No, we need optimal. We need to feel our best. And that's where pleasure comes in too. Exactly. And it's believing that you're worth it because I don't know how many women that when we sit down and go over their blood work, they, again, there's these tears and they're saying, it's been 10 years that I haven't felt well. And my doctor just keeps saying your blood work is fine and they accept it. So they've had an entire decade where there was something wrong. It just was not tested, wasn't optimized. And, you know, their tears of relief mm -hmm. that there is an answer and it wasn't in their head. Yeah. And there's their tears of frustration because it's like, how is it that this system has failed me? Absolutely. 10 years have gone by. And if that happened when you were in your forties and now you're 50, I mean, yeah, you still got some years left in you, but I mean, I'm 40 right now and I feel fabulous. Like the best I've ever felt in my life. If I didn't start feeling this way until I was 50, I'd be pissed because I look good right now. <laughs> like I want to take advantage of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, if you were 50, what a tragedy would that be that you lived 10 years, not feeling as great as you feel now. Oh, and every woman deserves that. hundred percent. She does. Oh, the revolution has started. <laughs> Game on. I know. Poor thing. You don't know me very well. I'm kooky. <laughs> I wish you weren't in Canada, but you are. Yeah, I am. And it's, um, for my medical practice, I need to treat Canadians or people that can like get to me physically. Mm -hmm. um, the pleasure libido stuff, that's all, that's all online. So well, anywhere yeah. in the world. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I can't wait to link you up with everything Jordan has to offer because her book, The Pink Canary, which what a brilliant title. How did you come up with that? Were you on the beach when that came to you? It was actually in the airport on the way to the beach, as as most things, right? And this is is the um, truth about like me walking the walk of what I'm teaching that in the stillness, when you take a break, when you pause, um, and we don't do it frequently enough, or at least I never did. I was working 90 hour weeks at my medical clinic. Wow. And then trying to sneak in yoga and like, how relaxed are you at that point? Right. When you're rushing there and you're, you know, you know, I'm that person getting down my mat at the last second. Um, Yeah. You know me. That was, that would have been me for sure. Not now. I'm there early. I love it. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, the, I was speaking to my business coach at the time and she was saying to me, you need to write this book. Women need to hear this work. And I was putting up all the excuses and the blocks. I wasn't old enough. I didn't, hadn't done enough research. I didn't have, I didn't transform enough women's lives, you know, excuses, excuses, excuses. Um, and she said, well, what's the message that you want to send? And I said, we need to look at our libido and our relationship to pleasure, like the canary in the coal mine. When you feel that something is off, you need to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And she said, what if it was a pink canary? And I said, that's the book title. <laughs> so I it was about it. And she was like, what a brilliant title. Yeah. So it, it got named in the airport as I was on the way to take a much, much needed vacation and time off, which as I shared with you, Kylie, I spent writing the outline of my book that she gave me a week to do, which looking back at that, um, it, I was ready. I was ready to do it. Cause had I done something under the gun in a timeline like that, that is very masculine and kind of the opposite of what we've talked about. Yeah. Um, so it, it did, it was just one of those things that materialized and happened for me as it should. Yes. As it will. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Jordan. Thank you so much for your time. You guys, you may not know this. In addition to running her brick and mortar business and her online business, she has an eight week month old baby girl. So <laughs> I'm so grateful that you took the time because I do think every all the women need to hear this. I hope every woman reads this book. It's a fast read. I couldn't stop reading it. And I haven't read a real book in, I do audible now, but there I was next page, next page, next page, just gobbling it all up. It's amazing. And you are amazing. Thank you for your work. Kylie, thank you so much for having me and being co-captain on the pleasure revolution. I'll get us (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. All right, Jordan, well, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.